This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life. Because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. I'm here with my good friend, Paul Lytle. We're here in Grand Rapids. How you doing? I'm doing swell, Kyle. <laughs> Very swell. It's always swell with you. Yeah, I feel like that's an underused word that's like kind of escaped the English, you know, nomenclature. So <laughs> we'll see where you go. <laughs> Can I give a huge shout out to Marta Lichty by chance? <laughs> she is the uh, winner of a new Tupperware dish <laughs> for her loyal listening. We have known each other since uh, 2011. Uh-huh. You came to visit for a wedding. Yeah. I think that's when I first met you. Was it John O'Connor's wedding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we became roommates yeah. the next uh, next spring mm-hmm. and have been roommates for almost all of it since. Yeah. I think, I think there was like was, six months where we weren't roommates. There was nine months after after we got out of uh, the Van Buren house. Yeah. yeah. I was in Ireland. and Yeah. So you're uh, originally from Montrose, which yep. is, um, for those that don't know, over by Flint. Yep. Talk about what uh, Montrose is like. What what was it like growing up in the, so that place? Montrose is, it was just like, like Friday Night Lights. I mean, the whole town centered around its athletic teams. Completely shut down on game nights, on Friday nights. Uh but it's a very blue collar town. Like you're pretty much given four options in life: you either work at GM, you work at Frank and Frankenmuth or Bertrand at the, the tourist traps that they are, and then you either do some construction job or something. Or after that, it's farming. Probably. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> uh, the little known fact: our town had three operating dumps at one time and a wastewater treatment plant. Now we're down to one wastewater treatment plant and one dump, so hmm. it smells great. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to music, your biggest when you when you were growing up, by far uh, your brothers were a big a part of that. You've got three older brothers. Yes. Talk about each of them, what mm-hmm. they were into. So I was the youngest of four brothers. The oldest one was probably eight. I think it's eight years older than me. But I feel like I picked up every a lot of their likes. Um, so, like my oldest brother, he got into he got into country music when he was in college by listening to like Garth Brooks and Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson and that stuff. And then, like my brother Chris, uh, the second one, he was always into like alternative and metal. Um, so like a lot of Nirvana, Metallica, Megadeth, like Foo Fighters, all those bands. Mm-hmm. But then when he got into college, he got into like like a lot of the lounge stuff. Like he introduced me to I think like Frank Sinatra and Bobby Darin and <laughs> everything else. So it was kind of a wash. But this is also a time when you know BMG was getting big, so they were getting all the tapes, 
yes the cassette tapes yeah. um, and everything like that and then my brother matt and i i remember just when we were younger we were always listening to hip-hop so when regulars came out you know with by warren g like that was a big deal you and, uh regulate yeah regulate yeah, yeah. they got to mount up <laughs> but also living in a small town we always had a uh we always had the Montrose Blueberry Festival. So every time we had this carnival and like all the carnies were listening to like hip hop, <laughs> which was really kind of odd when you looked at the carnies, but yeah. Just because of who uh, it was in those cars? Yeah. Like, listening to the very th- yeah. music that yeah. may have uh, maybe been a little contradictory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, also too though, it's kind of weird because that was at about the time when, you know, hip-hop was getting really big like it was cool to like black culture was starting to become cool like the fab five and everything else yeah. fab five for basketball of course but yeah so which which brother's music appealed to you the most uh at the time at not, the time not not now at the time it was probably my brother we all, when we were younger we all listened to like alternative and metal because um, that's what we had to listen to before football games and whatnot. Like that was our thing. You had to get pumped up, whatever, before you played. And plus, it just kind of spoke to us what we were going through at our at that period in time. We we're younger, so like our parents were going through a divorce, so there was a lot of angst and anger and things like that and confusion. So it kind of spoke to us. <laughs> how how did it speak to you? Uh, like just Nirvana, like a, kind of like that little bit of a rebellion, but also just frustration and anger like um seemed like like a lot of the hair bands were more you know let's just get drunk and do a lot party of have sex have sex you know yeah but we had to save your room for jesus so we couldn't do that <laughs> you know but <laughs> yeah um that was kind of the thing yeah you grew up in a, a christian upbringing yeah and so i'm kind of curious how how you were able to listen to this music or was it not like as strict as uh maybe like uh other people may experience it was for my mom it was really it would be really hard it would be really difficult for her to like try to watch what we're listening to like she was trying to like have my brothers not order like i remember when my brother got black sabbath my oldest brother got black sabbath because mm-hmm. it had iron man on it yeah like badass song yeah. but when she saw the name was black sabbath that was <laughs> the end all like no you can't listen to it so i think she made him break it or something but i don't know it's one of those things like <laughs> so there's that but um i mean we still had the radio stations we still listen to the radio all the time so they were playing a lot of that music anyway but and plus she was she was also really busy because she was very active within I mean she's a single parent so she'd be working and then after that she would have you know you know church things to do around things like that you know yeah. so you know there's times we're alone we're just listening to whatever we wanted so huh. yeah alright I'm curious about the country music mm-hmm. from uh, Jared so I like, don't know how we got into it like, I think what happened was he got to college and, like, because we didn't really listen too much of it when we were in, like, because he graduated in high school in, like, 1995. So 
we didn't really listen to too much country music. Yeah, people listen to it. Like Garth Brooks was huge, you know. But right. We're also living in a hick town, but I think he really leaned into it because he got with like friends up in when he went to Saginaw Valley, like whatever the f- friends he met up with, they were really into country music, so he adopted it, and so yeah. And you were okay with listening to it? I mean, actually, I really started liking it near like later on like because garth brooks he like he, like friends in low places like he has some good songs i mean but like now i can't stand it at all but i mean a lot of times you're listening to like like toby keith like i was a toby keith fan when i was in high school and middle school or in in college i was like i look back and i was like why would i ever listen to this junk <laughs> this garbage but yeah i don't know it's it's weird but we also live in the hick town that you know, it's kind of a thing. Hmm. Yeah. We're moving into middle school now. Mm-hmm. Your adolescent years, you're starting to not only get be influenced by your brothers, but your friends as well. Oh, yeah. So, uh, explain. So, uh, my adolescent years. Um, so, yeah, with my brothers, we'd always listen to, like, like hip-hop or whatever. But, like, my friend Jason Duncan... Like we do is, he and I, like a group of our friends would after school we'd always go to his house, get all this hockey gear and go play you know hockey in the church, church um, parking lot. But we'd always listen to like Everclear. Like that was a big deal. <laughs> like he loved. He claims he was the very first person ever to like Everclear in Montrose, which isn't saying a lot. Yeah. There's only like two thousand people in Montrose. But uh, he was the first in his book, so I, I kind of believe him on that one. But um, yeah, just a lot of their music, that kind of that rebellion, punk, rock type thing was cool. Like, that was around the time, too. I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater came yeah. out around that time, too. No, totally. I mean, that was, that was there awesome. Was so, there were so many offshoots of that, but that was like right when the, that punk, yeah, like pop kind of. Right. Started to, and I think they started using like some of that music around that time in video games too. Like, right, like I think they used some of it in like any movies. And, I think yeah. even. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what does uh, "Father of Mine" uh, mean to you? The I think I saw a lot of similarities with them. Like, uh, so about that time it came out, like my my dad got married and remarried in nineteen ninety five. I think that album came out around 96 or whatever, but, like, even my relationship with my dad started, like, dwindling at it. Like, he showed less interest in each of our lives or whatever, for, like, and just really started dwindling after that. And that same thing, like, in that song, it's, it's a song about how his dad never had time for him or whatever. Like, yeah, never sent him a birthday card or with a $5 bill or anything like that. Yeah. So, like, that's the lyrics from the song, but, yeah. That was just kind of the same thing. Does it feel like it's something that still affects you even now? Um, that's with like that song still emotionally connect with you. Oh yeah, I don't listen to it anymore. No, I can't. <laughs> it's too hard. It's one of those things. Like, why am I? It's yeah. I I, just, I probably haven't listened to that song in like ten years at yeah. least. All right. Yeah. So during this time, comedy really stands out to you you're watching a lot of snl mm-hmm. 
what does that have to do with music? Um, okay, so SNL, like my brothers, we would always watch Saturday Night Live on the weekends. And we loved Chris Farley. Like, loved him. And so at that time when Chris Farley was on, he had like Billy, he had uh, Adam Sandler doing like all the like Opera Man stuff yeah. or any of his songs, like his some of his albums piece of shit card and whatever else a lot of the songs um great great things so all the parody songs are really cool and i think for us like the one of the best songs though uh, best skits that we like was chris Riley's chippendale yeah oh well, totally uh, the chip the chippendale it's um skit where he's with patrick swayze and you know he's doing the chippendale dance and always fell in love with that thing but every but we since made that a tradition so when my brothers get married <laughs> so my my oldest brother when he got married he, that was his whole thing it's like that's what he wanted to do he wanted to do the chippendale dance with all of his brothers because we're all gonna be wearing tuxedos during this whole event thing yeah, and, do yeah. it. and i think he was in the bathroom he totally missed out on the opportunity to do it so we did it again my brother matt's thing and we actually got it on video i think it might be on youtube somewhere i don't know but that's available and it's nothing like seeing you know four drunk guys and trying to do the, trying to do the chippendale <laughs> dance i think at one point i said uh patrick swayze don't have shit on me <laughs> like eat your heart out like yeah yeah so what was this and then even like the you know like when snl started putting out like all the lonely island stuff for you know the digital shorts i think that was always been a, a thing for me as well right mm-hmm. oh those are some great songs football became a, a big part of your life i mean sports in general yeah really but football i feel like especially for you come when it came to high school yeah it's pump up music but what is it what is it about the music that, that you're connecting with in the the <laughs> heat of a yeah something competitive like that so what's weird is so in mantra it's like our thing is it's all about preparation you know throughout the week and when you play football you just can't go in flat-footed at all like you have to have almost like this killer's mentality or else you're going to get killed and mantra is we had a incredible football program and one of the things we do is like before every game used to kind of start out with some chill music or whatever and then it gets into we turn off all the lights when everybody's dressed complete darkness like all our there's like six big huge stereo speakers set up and it's some heavy metal like i remember like looks like last slipknot and um static x or like disturbed like yeah there's like we had this kid named nick freeman who is really pasty white we called him casper and there's a little bit of light that's in there from the exit signs you whenever we listen to disturbed down the sickness yeah he always did like the you could always the only thing you could see was him in the in the background and it was kind of funny but yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. So you get all pumped up, and the last song when you know the coaches say, "All right, we need to start going out for warm ups." The last song that everybody would, pl- the last song that was played was the famous final scene by Bob Seger, and 
it's probably was one of his not probably one of his most well known songs. But, right. You know, our coach has always said, "Play every play like it's your last thing." So there's always like this theme for our 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 teams, and we always went into each game like play it like it's your last. So like we talk about the famous final scene. How do you want to go out? Yeah. You know, do you want to go out fighting or whatever? So that was a big part of it. Then we always did these highlight films at the end of the season. And then the very last song of each highlight film was always the famous final scene and which always worked. So, uh, yeah, this is kind of a, a thing that we did, but it's also kind of a sad song when you get to the end of your season and that's when it is, it feels like, okay, this is really over. And, you know, as kids, you know, we're playing that we start playing together from, age of seven years old or whatever six years old then we when you're done playing football you're done <laughs> like so it's never yeah. the same after that yeah how does that have a i feel like it still has an impact on you even now yeah i mean football is that's hard i've never been a part of another team like that like it's hard with work you know as far as everything yeah, with there's been no recreational teams that mimicked that whole thing, and you know when you grow up in Montrose, like your whole life is centered around football. And when it's finally over, it's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> you know, you end up being like, you know, the kids from Friday Night Friday Lights, Dad, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't want your life. <laughs> yeah. Now I guess that's a good segue to the fact that you you moved yeah from Montrose yeah. to Grand Rapids uh, to go to Grand Valley. What was uh I mean, is that part of it? Was you just wanted to get out of Mount Montrose? Part of it, yeah. Like I I wanted to, like my one of my older brothers went to Grand Valley and growing up in Montrose, like you know, it's a very conservative town. You see urban settings. It's mostly like we only saw Flint. <laughs> like Flint was <laughs> was not worth seeing. <laughs> um, it's made a big comeback since, but it's not where it should be, where it could be. Um, right. But I would, when my older brother went to Grand Valley, like I fell in love with my West Michigan. I never saw anything like it, and I wanted. And I thought at the time I wanted to go into politics. And I thought, okay, the West Side of the State is more conservative, so like maybe if I just network my way through, like it'll work out for me. Not knowing that, you know, Grand Valley is actually a liberal arts school where you actually have to be, you have to learn to think, you know. Yeah. And when you learn to think, you realize, okay, this stuff isn't adding up. But yeah, I fell in love with Grand Rapids and kind of never wanted to leave. But um, I went to Grand Valley and wanted to do pu- public administration. Uh, or ended up getting into public administration and interested in, uh, you know, re- city and regional planning by walking around the streets of Grand Rapids at midnight when it was a ghost town back in like 2004 and 2006 or whatever. And uh, we always just talk about architecture with friends and stuff. And then that's why I kind of wanted to get into urban planning. And uh, I think near the end of my degree or whatever when i got my degree i think that's when the suburbs came out by arcade fire arcade fire which is probably like like one of the best albums ever 
in your in, in my opinion yeah, in yeah. my opinion but the way it all kind of worked together uh and there's so many songs about urban planning type stuff like, yeah well the suburbs sprawl yeah. one and two and yeah city with no children suburban war culture war like wasted hours like yeah that's that's the suburbs that's everything that we talked about in my in classes yeah yeah well i've i've taken uh several of those mm -hmm. probably same classes uh myself mm -hmm. i have a geography minor mm -hmm. and what is it about the that album that like speaks out so much to you i think it really did actually like capture the suburbs i think there was a couple years there when i was at grand valley where i lived in uh, so like allendale is about half hour west of grand rapids and it's kind of in the center of this triplex of grand rapids muskegon and holland it's just kind of it was literally like built in the middle of a cornfield but since then there's been kind of like all these subdivisions and whatnot yeah and a lot of the songs just really kind of captured that feeling it's just it, when you live out in the in these subdivisions it's boring there's nothing good about it <laughs> like, right as far uh -huh. as like the communities go like it's pretty homogenous and things like that there's just no variety and you know looking back on it too like i never realized how segregated grand rapids really is like it's all in all the neighborhoods are kind of divided in, in that way yeah a lot of redlining and whatnot too so mm -hmm. i'm curious what um what it was for you that you had your worldview change was it the classes you were taking or was it other things besides just that a lot of things um because around this time too like this is 2008 when all the 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 market takes a crash like a recession and everything else and you just see like all these tax cuts going to the rich and nothing is trickling down so to speak the people also too just my worldview when i used to be think used to think like george bush was like jesus and george bush were best friends because <laughs> you know jesus is republican and stuff like that and i realized more and more like no it's all bs and then yeah the kind of had my eyes opened and when you're also living in an urban setting too when you like start living in grand rapids on the west side which is the best side uh yeah <laughs> uh you, yeah you kind of get a different view on everything um let's see how things aren't changing and yeah it just that's where it kind of came to be like having more sprawl does not is not good for communities <laughs> you know it's you got to have some density and have multiple ways of travel and when I, also when i worked for grand rapids plastics i kind of had a, another thing too where i'm working with lower income folks and you know i took the bus with them to work and it's like yeah you know you hear a lot of their stories or whatever when through conversations you kind of eavesdrop through and it's like yeah things aren't working so yeah yeah do you feel like, like this was also a time when you kind of transitioned from taking on the music of your friends and your relatives to where you were able to actively yeah, when I, start listening to what yeah. you wanted to? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. 
Um, even in college, though, too, I also listened to a lot of different stuff just because, you know, Napster and Kazaa <laughs> and... Kazaa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, LimeWire. Yeah. Um, so when you listen to all that stuff, like, <laughs> you could, you had your eyes opened up to more things. And also, too, like, you know, being at Grand Valley, you had to take some electives and art elective I took, like, intro to music, so... Ooh. Actually, learning about different eras of music, like the Baroque period and classical and romance, nice is all really cool and interesting stuff. And our professor was awesome. Like he didn't make us. I've had other friends that take the class and they had to learn like notes and all this other oh, stuff. Yeah, and like I'm tone deaf. I couldn't tell you anything, but I could tell you where it came from. Like, <laughs> period. Like that's all I cared about. Yeah. Like, so that was great. So um, it was just a really interesting class. It was really cool to listen to and. Kind of have your eyes opened up a bit. You were working with um, through urban planning, mm-hmm. and then you you made a decision to move back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole period though too. Like I had a, a kind of a serious relationship for there's like a five year stretch there, um, where I you know graduate, get a job, lose a job, had a girlfriend, lost a girlfriend. Things were just trying to kind of fall apart. I didn't know how to handle that stuff at the time, and then I had to move back home into the small town of Otisville, Michigan, where it's literally like the welcome signs that welcome into the town look like gravestones, which is fitting because I think the median age of that town is 55. <laughs> like It's mostly retired folks. Uh, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it just didn't have a lot of, didn't know really know a lot of people. Uh, it was just people I worked with, and then going back home to Montrose to play in slow pitch softball with you know dudes. <laughs> uh, that whole life, and it's just it wasn't a life giving experience, and a lot of kind of strange stuff kind of happened. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a kind of a, a week. It's like a period of it was like purgatory in a sense. Like you. Like you're given all these different options to move out of, but you're stuck. You're stuck there. Like, you're just lonely. Um, yeah, I just, it's weird. What was some music that you resonated with during that time? I think when I you, were, when you of, felt like you were being stuck? Uh, a lot of alternative. Like, that song, like the song Stranger Things Have Happened by Foo Fighters. Like, that's probably one of their least known songs is what they're known for but it's probably the song that resonated most in that time um in that time for me but also i just listened to a lot of alternative somehow my brother and i every time we would drive into work from into lapeer which is like a 40 minute drive from where we were we somehow got a kalamazoo radio station on, on his car in lapeer yeah in lapeer I don't know, but it somehow did. And he must have had like this incredible antenna. But um, there, there's a radio station called The Edge. I don't know if it still is, but it was like a college alternative rock station. Yeah. So that was a lot of the stuff we kind of listened to at that time. So, you know, a lot of Arcade Fire and The Killers and whatever else. I don't think they were playing any Phantom Planet, though. That's no? That's no California? Years, yeah, that's about 10 years late. <laughs> But thanks to OC, um, yeah, watch that a lot in college. Oh yeah, that's what all the girls watch. So you had to watch it with them. Right? <laughs> it's kind of like Netflix and chilling without the chilling. Just 
watching TV and not really Netflix either. Yeah. Because he was around yet. Freaking. That was, uh, that was. Wait, mo- it was around, but we had to get the DVDs still. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Man. We were getting in college. The OC. Yeah. What a flashback that is. Yeah. What are the Spartans doing today? <laughs> nothing. Probably nothing. So, when you moved back to Grand Rapids, what kind of music was resonating with you at that time? Um, kind of a lot. I mean, I think it kind of, I was listening to a lot of the stuff that I would probably listen to when we'd go to Bottom 40, you know, parties mm-hmm. at, like, the Res and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so, it would probably be, like, a lot of, like, uh, the Phoenix and, obviously, Arcade Fire and then... Oh boy, so many kind of a dance speed, yeah, poppy song. more electronic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dance. Obviously, like Mumford and Sons and things like that. So yeah. Besides going to, you know, bottom forty, um, what was appealing to listening to that in your own free time? Um, it was mm-hmm. stuff that was a little more upbeat, kind of happier sounding songs. I guess I don't know about happy, but just uh, it was something different. Um, I felt like a, is it is something to tap your toes to, and it was nice. <laughs> I don't know, something completely different at the time. Um, from what I was used to, but it also kind of gave me like with a lot of the more electronical electronic songs. I always think of more like some of the pop songs from the eighties, like Peter Gabriel. You know, yeah. do you feel like the music from those? bottom 40 is still nostalgic to you now um, yeah a little bit because it's, it's been some time i know it's, i feel like i'm no longer in the bottom 40 i'm getting close to that <laughs> i'm like almost more was to the 40 <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah oh it's just like a kind of a different different tune i guess i liked about it yeah yeah one it was it was what's interesting is like during that time dance music of that type was pretty pretty common. Oh yeah, I mean Whereas, there's also like dance music that you didn't feel like it like it wasn't like 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 growing up for for me like in high school it was like the hip hop there was like all about the bump and grind and like yeah that was never my thing you know so it was like it just felt like it's good it's good music to dance to if you don't have any rhythm. And you're born with two left feet, and yeah, that's the best I can do with it. Yeah. yeah. And those songs don't have like a stupid line dance to go with it, like the <laughs> Cupid Shuffle or anything like that. Let's be honest. <laughs> Isn't that what all songs are coming to be now? Yeah, there's because of TikTok. I yeah. mean, that just every song has some type of. Uh, Choreograph, Chore- yep. line dancing. Yeah, I I can't believe country music hasn't tried taking that back. You know, with some square dancing. Yeah, it's like, hey, line dancing was our thing first. <laughs> you know, wonder if they're going to think that's no longer country music anymore. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, something ridiculous like that. Things have changed in your life, you know, whether it was uh, post-Germany. Yeah. That kind of 
really stood out to you 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 kind of went through this uh situation where you you had to center yourself yeah a little bit yeah i mean a lot of times too i think trying to center yourself within like i have a stressful job sometimes i you know going in stress is probably the worst thing i can probably do and sometimes you got to remember like i'm a i'm in a support role and not everybody's in the same spot as far as skill wise and everything else so i think at mars hill they had um the brilliance come and visit one time yeah and this is all around the same time too of like you know the election uh of 2016 not the best time (laughs) ever not the best time at all but uh sometimes i just needed that song to kind of i think it was actually after a class i took through mars hill um it's exegy it was like sometimes one of the spiritual practices that we should have is try to center yourself or whatever get back to get back in the get off the crazy cycle and back into what you're at what centers you and um but when i heard brother by the brilliance i just seemed like a a good sound for that i mean um i feel like with our country being just so polarized between red states and blue states and um some of the things that's happening around the the on race and gender and everything else like you sometimes you just need to have that song um playing uh, you know, even remember you gotta remember you're not all we're not all enemies <laughs> we're kind of in the same boat together even though we may not see the world the same way um, they're still people <laughs> yeah know? so that's a big part of it totally yeah and plus, they finally, like, the brilliance is actually just makes good, they're a Christian band, but it's like... It's, it's totally different. It's totally what, different than what else is out there. Yeah. And it's it's not like God is a friend of mine type of thing, like <laughs> some of that really hokey stuff that we listened to in the 90s. Like, I had to grow up listening to, like, Gene Riley and, like, and some of that stuff, like, you, you sing those songs now, and like, this is... It's ridiculous, um, but yeah, there's finally like a a deeper songs that had a deeper meaning to them, and a lot of their songs just seem like it's a challenge. As so, as uh, the years have gone by, you, we kind of a cool thing that we've done when we started mm-hmm. uh, was we had uh, Oscar movie nights, mm-hmm. and uh, what was it? Our seventh year, seventh year, yeah. That we just wrapped up, in yeah. February, yeah. Which is crazy, yeah. Um, but we so we watch all of the uh, best picture nominated uh, Oscar mm-hmm. movies and invite those that want to also enjoy it as well and uh, make cocktails, have copious amounts of snacks and popcorn. <laughs> as always, we do it right. Yeah, we do it well. One of the things that for you, you and reason why I bring this up mm-hmm. the, about the movies is that soundtracks from films uh, are something you enjoy a lot in, in listening to, whether it's uh, something to bypass time or to help you maybe when you're working or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, what, what is it about these soundtracks that uh, mean 
something to you? I think a lot of them just help me focus, but it also makes me keep keeps me on track in a sense. Like I feel like I'm doing something more courageous, even though it's the most mundane work I'm doing. Like whether it's just filling out paperwork or TPS reports, you know, uh, <laughs> to use a office based reference. Um, that's the only way that can make it exciting is by listening to something like Hans Zimmer where there's like that tension and everything else yeah. that goes into it. Um, but yeah, always just, I've always loved movies just growing up and um, some of those are some of the best songs and a lot of it too, like it, it kind of goes back to when what I learned about in my intro to music class in college, you know, so right. it's a big part of it. What have you been listening to lately? What do you, what's on uh, the regular? I feel like it kind of changes with the seasons. Like in the spring, it's... Well, this spring was a little weird. But um, see, now it's been mostly like Nathaniel Rayliff and um, been listening to like a lot of like jazz type stuff. Like the uh, Preservation Hall... Like from New Orleans. From New Orleans. Like I just kinda like that. Having the brass it mixed in with like a lot of the the music or whatever. It's kind of I just think it's awesome. And you think it's awesome? Um I don't know, it, it kind of it's a slice of Americana, you know, like it I feel like with so many things being kind of produced, like people can make songs on their 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 macbook you know but with this when you got an actual band that's playing all their instruments it seems just more authentic i guess yeah um kind of a richer and sound and everything that's really neat yeah like when you you add the brass Mm -hmm. element to it it has definitely a more richer feel yeah yeah and i'd love to go down to i'd love to go to new orleans just to experience same here yeah, be cool. add that to the list. Yeah, <laughs> Place, things to do after, after the pandemic's over. <laughs> yeah. How did you come about uh, Nathaniel Ratliff? Uh, I think you you play them. I play regularly. Them. Yeah, I don't know if I heard it on MTV. <laughs> I can't really? remember because they had a music video. It was Son of a Bitch. Yeah, Son of a Bitch, and at the time, I think Long Road just opened up too, and like. So when I do tours at Long Road, like I gotta have some type of, I try to play some like Americana type music, and um, there's just something about that song, and you know it's just good drinking music, I guess. I don't know, yeah. I can't remember where I heard it from, but um, love it. Like it's a it's a great band. Yeah. But I like kind of like that Muscle Souls like sound too. Like it's it's neat. It's kind of a new retro thing. Right. When you say new retro, it's just <laughs> double negative. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Oxymoron. Doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Mumford and Sons, and that's something that you're listening uh, nowadays as well. Um, expand on why I'm listening to them now. Yeah, I feel like it's just I don't know. It kind of feels like fall for me in a sense. Like it's like songs that you'd listen to around a campfire. You know, with more of acoustic sounds. Yeah. Obviously, some of their newer stuff isn't quite like that. But, I mean, um, yeah, it's just kind of comforting 
chill out music. I think the uh, Norwegians call it Haiga. Say that again. The Scandinavians call it Haiga. It's just comfort and stuff. Oh, okay. Comforting. Yeah. You didn't. The, the knowledge that you know sometimes. Yeah. Wow. What is it about music that as the why we as humans need to to listen to it? Why why is it something that we enjoy? It helps us prepare for things. It helps um, meet you in the moment that you need it in. Um, it's good for signifying occasions. Like it's weird going to a wedding when you don't hear like Canon is it Canon and D or whatever or the yeah. whatever the the wedding song is. Like there there's a lot of traditions that go with it. That's kind of a neat thing. Let's see that, and then it helps out for college football too. Which is another one of my passions. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichting. Each person interviewed has created a playlist to the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm, click on Soundtrack Playlist, and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at at soundtrackpodcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack. Soundtrack.